Baby back door, baby fall off. Sipping codeine, cause I gotta kill the cold. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Now it's time to go to work. There's not one guy in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. <laughs> Listening to Brandon Drum. Look, I think the program is moving in a great direction. And Parker Thune. Venables knows what he's doing. This is the OU Insider Under the Visor Podcast. Welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune. And I'm battling. I'm battling. I'm battling. I'm battling through a uh, whatever this is. It's not hurt, not injured. Yep. Hurt, not injured. Fever's fine. (laughs) We still power through. So, um, yeah. uh, Bedlam week, and that is the reason why I'm powering through because it is Bedlam week, and there is a huge, huge, huge visitor list uh, that we've got to get into. And by the way, I know I'm going to throw this up off the top. Um, there is another, another Notre Dame commit that's going to be visiting this weekend. By the way, I'm throwing that off off the top. Right, I'm coming from the top rope. It doesn't take a whole lot of detective work either. No. No. It's in the 2024 class. Um, one of the top defensive linemen in the country. He is a teammate of one OU commit, um, Logan Halland. Owen Waffle. I love the last name, by the way. Uh, it, it, it's breakfast time, so I really, really waffle. <laughs> Waffles are good, man. Waffles are good. I love the last name. He he. Uh, waffle likes to pancake other linemen. Hmm. See what I did there? All right. All right. Yeah. Dad jokes. Dad 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 jokes galore to uh, start the podcast. <laughs> But seriously, no, like that tells you how big a weekend it is that there is. And there's others that we've heard little buzzes that there might be some people showing up. Um, Have you heard the buzz about Jeremiah Love, the 2023 running back, four star running back as well for St. Louis? I have not heard that. I've heard some interesting buzz about a couple other four star names, but Jeremiah Love, is he is he committed to Notre Dame? 
Yeah. So there's another one. Damn. Yeah, I I don't know if it's if he's visiting or not because I haven't I haven't asked him, but I got hit up by a Notre Dame reporter yesterday and said, "Hey, what is this?" And people are talking about Oklahoma and Jeremiah Love all over the Notre Dame stuff, and I have not heard that. So that's something we're going to have to dig into because it doesn't make sense with two running backs already committed. Unless they feel like there's going to be another exit in the running back room, which I don't think there is. That doesn't make sense. Unless Marcus Major decides he's going to dip out would be my only guess. But I can't see that happening. Can you? I guess I could see that happening. Yes. I mean, you could, but I, I don't think that will happen. Yeah. So... There's just a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And that's kind of the point of this start of this podcast, that there is a huge, huge visitor list in Oklahoma needs very, 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 very badly to play well this weekend. Night game, national television. Finally get to see the LED lights again for the third time this year out of 12 games. Only oh, so Oklahoma. Five and five, Brandon. You don't get to play. Under it the wouldn't light. matter. What? Freaking Big Twelve and eleven a.m. kickoffs. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think it would matter. Really, because I mean, even TCU undefeated. They've been almost exclusively eleven and two p.m. this year. No, they, their last two games have been in prime time. Right, played, but before that, they were Texas. all eleven and two though. 11 and 2, 2 p.m. kickoffs. Like, yeah, I mean, because nobody took them seriously until I guess, October. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But still, I don't know. This conference, man, this conference. Uh, I know the SEC is not going to be any better. They like those 12 p.m. kickoffs. So um, let's talk about Bedlam before we get into the recruiting part. And let's talk about Spencer Sanders and his injury. And I saw a tweet, and it was like, I don't remember who it was. There was multiple of them, actually. And I don't remember who it was or who who both of them or three of them were. But they were talking about how Spencer Sanders will start off really strong with whatever they've given him to get in the game and play. And then as the game goes on, his arm strength just fizzes out. And that's been the big struggle with them. Have you noticed that watching them as well? Yeah, I think a lot of people have noticed that. It's been a talking point. And I think it's pretty it's pretty evident, right, that Spencer Sanders is not at 100%. Because if he was at 100% or even remotely close to it, it'd be like he would have started last weekend against Iowa State instead of getting called out of the bullpen when things just about went haywire with Gunnar Gundy at the controls, Garrett Rangel, whatever uh, conglomeration of quarterbacks Oklahoma State has thrown out over the last few weeks in Spencer Sanders' stead. But there's little question that he is by far the best option that Oklahoma State has in the position, and it's not unlike the situation Oklahoma's in, right, where you got a right. quarterback that you're confident in as the starter, but beyond that, it is ugly. It is slim pickings to try and find anybody else in that room that is going to be able to give you a chance to win a football game. So Oklahoma State needs Spencer Sanders as close to full health as possible. Do you think that Garrett Rangel or – Gundy will end up starting this game. Do you 
Do you expect? No, no I think I, I, yeah, I expect Sanders because Bedlam to get out there. One of the last games of the season, they're trying to make sure they get up to nine wins. So, with that being said, do you like Oklahoma's odds better knowing that Sanders is maybe 65% at best right now? Uh, I mean, you kind of got to you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? And you kind of got to fight your knee-jerk reaction because on the one hand, yes, it does make you feel better about the situation just knowing that Spencer Sanders is not going to be 100%. But then again, know what Spencer Sanders' skill set consists of, right? And it's exactly the same skill set that every single quarterback that's thrashed Oklahoma thus far this year Legs. also has. So mobility and and – a, a propensity to create off script. Yeah. That's what Spencer Sanders excels at. And so regardless of how healthy he is, regardless of how close to full strength he is, just based on the way that Oklahoma has not been able to handle quarterbacks of that ilk to this point in the year, you can't really be too confident if you're a Sooner fan heading into this football game. You can be hopeful, you can be optimistic, sure, but confidence, I don't know where that would be coming from after some of the performances that we've seen defensively over the last couple of months. Right. Well, I guess I guess the the other question isn't it then it kind of reminds you 2020 didn't didn't Sanders come in banged up to begin with in that one as well and then yes. Oklahoma knocked him yes, out. Yes, yes. So I think that's happened. How many, how many times has that happened in the last three or four years? Like he's come in just hanging on by a thread. He's been banged up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Several times. Right. And that has turned into Oklahoma's Oklahoma's favor. So I, I don't know, man, like for me, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, does history repeat itself type deal? is where I'm kind of at right now. Like does Oklahoma, and I'm not saying they're going to knock him out, but does the fact that he is banged up the way he is give Oklahoma some sort of, or a little bit of an advantage? Yes, it gives them a little bit of an advantage, but I think that advantage, again, it can't be regarded as, a significant or a substantial advantage just because of the fact that, you know, we're dealing with, <laughs> we're dealing with a defense. We're dealing with an Oklahoma. No, defense. I get it. Yeah. And so sure. Yes. It is an advantage. Is an advantage that's going to win Oklahoma the football game. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> what the 109th ranked defense in the country. Isn't, isn't somebody something you have super confidence in. Like, right I'm sorry. Now? If, if you can't, if you can't prevent Garrett Green from leading a fourth quarter comeback against your program, forgive me if I'm not that optimistic that you can do much more against 70% of Spencer Sanders. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm with you. Um where what does Oklahoma have to do to win this game? 
Well, they have play to. well. I mean, that's obvious. The, I mean, play defense, you know, <laughs> catch the ball. <laughs> keep, keep heat on Spencer Sanders literally all night. Fluster him. Rush his decision-making process. That's mm-hmm. what it boils down to for me. Maintain pressure on the quarterback. And for the love of all that is holy, do not give Oklahoma State wide open running lanes. It's not that much to ask, I don't think, but that's where it starts for OU. And again, like most years, Oklahoma State has a more than adequate defensive unit. And so it's probably going to limit your ability to take the top off to a certain extent. And this is going to be more of a ground and pound uh, war of attrition in the trenches. And I don't anticipate a very high scoring game. All things considered, when I look at the state of these two offenses, yeah, uh, as well as these two defenses, I I just don't figure there will be a lot of points scored. This feels like one that hits the under, especially with the frigid weather conditions that we're going to have Saturday night. So it's going to like to be honest, Brandon, this feels like exactly the type of game. It feels like it's going to be exactly the type of game that Oklahoma has repeatedly demonstrated an inability to finish in twenty twenty which I think is what worries me. No, I – and I'm assuming you expect OU to lose the ball game. I am picking Oklahoma State. Yeah, I remember you did that on the live. I was just seeing if you changed your tune a little bit. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still going to – I'm going to go Oklahoma 33-30. Um, but – as I told you, I don't know that I believe that. <laughs> I'm doing it just because they've got to win at some point. They got they can't keep losing. I cannot see a team with this much talent. They've got to figure out a way to win at some point. Will it be 2023? But when they figure out a way, when they start figuring out how to win, probably. But. Me being, I don't want to be pessimistic all the time. I get it. Like that defense, I have no trust in Oklahoma's defense at all. I used to trust Oklahoma's offense. But my trust doesn't come from, my lack of trust doesn't come from Dylan Gabriel. My lack of trust comes from others, like people that I expected to be able to trust that are considered some of the best at their position. They've just been inconsistent this year. And I don't know that I trust this as good as the offensive line has played this year. They played equally as bad on fourth and third and shorts. Does that make sense? No, it's it. <laughs> you're exactly right. It's almost like this defense has been really, really good until they have to be. Yep. And then the offense has been really, really good until they have to be. And if it's fourth and one, bam. That's what happens. They just don't get the first down. And I and, and I don't know why. And I'm look, I'm a Levy supporter, and I think Levy is a great OC. But what has happened to Braden Willis? 
in the Willy Cat. Like, what's happened? I mean, they, to be honest, they, they haven't really needed it because Eric Gray has been so dominant. But if you're talking about short yardage situations like the fourth and three in no man's land that Oklahoma faced last week towards the tail end of that game of West Virginia. Uh, I don't know, man, that, that might be, I think that would be a useful situation to have that type of thing in the chamber if you needed to pull it out. But man, look, I, I'm very much of the opinion as well that you don't start getting gimmicky until you know what your identity is offensively and you can establish consistent rhythm with the things that you need to be doing for 70 75 snaps a game as opposed to five or ten and Oklahoma just hasn't been there they haven't and Eric Gray has been the one consistent aspect of this offense and if there is an aspect of your offense that you'd like to have consistency with it's the backfield right it's the running back position you want to be able to establish the run the Sooners have been able to do that but Outside of Eric Gray, man, nobody, nobody has been all that consistent. Guys have had moments, but those moments have been fleeting and they've been sporadic. Yeah. No. I, so let, let's talk about it. it. If you're Oklahoma right now, how would you attack this Oklahoma State defense? I... I say you give EG the ball and let him go with how well he's played this year. Like, what else is there? Especially on a cold night, like, what else is there? Yeah, you I mean, cold night doesn't exclude you from catching a pass and throwing the ball like that. Well, sure. Sure, but especially on a night like this, like we're going to see this. It's not supposed back. to be windy at all. It's only supposed to be like six mile per hour wind. Um, I know, but you got to you got to factor in the cold, right? It's hard to throw the ball in the cold, and mm. I mm. I think it is going to be, and again, like I mentioned, I think it's you're looking at a low scoring football game. I think it is going to be the type of night where if Oklahoma is going to get a win. They're going to need Eric Gray to have exactly the type of game that he's had over the last three, four contests where you hand him the rock 25, 30 times, and he's well north of 100 rushing yards. And he's the one that's primarily moving the ball downfield because it's just the passing game has been so inconsistent. And I don't think that's 100% on Dylan Gabriel at all, right? Like everybody – it might be the one play that everybody has indelibly etched in their memory from that West Virginia game, the wide open touchdown pass that Marvin Mims dropped. Right. And that's, that's the guy that coming into the year, and I would argue this is still the case, but coming into the year, everybody figured, okay, if there's one skill position player on offense that is truly elite, it's Marvin Mims. And so even your best skill position player has not been impervious to those types of slip ups, those types of mishaps that can prove costly in the end. And so with that in mind, you also look at the fact that Braden Willis did not have a catch on record last weekend. Who can you rely on right now offensively? And there's one answer and that answer is Eric Gray. So yeah, you, <laughs> what I'm saying is throw what you know, stick with your studs. And right now your stud without question is Eric Gray. 
I just, I just, I just don't go into the, I agree with you got to stick with him, but I just don't go into the mindset of that. It's you've got to, it's harder to throw in the cold because Ohio state does it. Michigan does it like that's what they do. Um, obviously Michigan runs, uh, Blake all the time, but Ohio state throws the ball like 50 times a game in wind and 20 degree weather. (laughs) Yeah. But you also have to consider the fact that Ohio state is the nation's best passing offense, right? That's right. But I'm just saying that as somebody, I was a wide receiver. So I'm I'm just saying that like cold hurts when it catches, it it hurts a little bit, but that's why you have your hand warmer. So it doesn't sting as bad and you got gloves on. And as long as there's no wind, that shouldn't affect your throwing. Like you should like that shouldn't affect anything. That's that's if it does, if it caught if the cold weather causes with no wind. Now, if it's windy and cold, oh, I'm on board with that 100 percent. But if it's six mile per hour like it's supposed to be right now. And obviously it's Oklahoma that can change by noon and it'll be 50 mile per hour <laughs> come Saturday night. But, and they, and they use that as an excuse of why they don't pass the ball. I'm going to lose it because mm-hmm. that shows you how weak mentally this team is, which we already question their mental toughness as it is. But at the same time, they have no depth. So it's really, it's like a, like it's a double-edged sword for them. Like they can't win right now they play hard for 90 plays a game because you got guys out there that literally play 90 plays a game danny stutzman others and then at the same time you got people questioning their mental toughness and we we defend them parker we've defended them on that part because they have zero depth and i think i think that i think the, the the cold weather if it wasn't rainy in West Virginia, that may that changes some things. Like cold weather actually works in the favor because your your body doesn't get worn out. As, you know what I mean? Like because you don't need as much. I guess you'd need fluid. I was, I was talking to a coach the other day. Literally, one of the um, a, a big name coach um, just was given kind of talking to him a little bit. And I asked him that about the cold weather and how much more tired the players get as opposed to the heat. And he said it actually, the cold weather actually helps them because it, I guess it restricts their vasodeferens or whatever he said. And, uh, the, the, the blood flow and it allows them not to get as sore and tired as the season goes on, the colder the weather is. The warmer the weather, that's why they do the hot cold baths, he said. So the warmer the weather, obviously you get more sore because blood flow is going more, I guess, he said. I and I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. I have no idea because I know zero about it. I may stay at holiday ends, but I got no zero 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 knowledge when it comes to science and biology and physiology and all that crap. Like I'm I'm an idiot when it comes to that stuff. So I'm just going off what I was told. So I, 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 he, this person says that they think that the cold weather actually helps players play longer. 
And I guess it makes sense a little bit, but still 90 plays is, is 90 plays. And you got a 300 pounder pushing on you. I, there's no way you're not going to be tired. Right. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. Um, What's your final score? Did you already say that? Did you tell the final? I don't think you said the final score. You just said you predicted Oklahoma State to win. Yeah, I said 27-20. 27-20. Okay. Oklahoma on the State. live, yeah. Yeah, I was just talking about on this podcast. You, you didn't say. You just said you predicted Oklahoma State to win. I got Oklahoma 33-30. My confidence level is about 25%, though. <laughs> In my pick. <laughs> I just don't trust this team. I just don't. I, I don't know how you can. I hope they prove us wrong Saturday. Well, I, I really they, do. Again, like trust is something that is earned. And mm-hmm. this team hasn't earned anybody's trust this year. No, no. They are average as average, and they could be below average come Saturday night about 1030. Thinking about that being five and six, like that's something I haven't seen since Blake. And it's not something I want to see at Oklahoma because I just don't – I don't want to live in a world where OU fans have to put up with that because that means we have to put up with it. We love you guys, but guys aren't used to losing, and it's it's a, it's shown by their actions on social media and the message boards right now. The good news, however, is that despite the average or below average play that Oklahoma's put out there on the field this year, Recruiting has stayed good, and National Signing Day is almost here, and they've held on to the recruits this whole time. It is unbelievable. They've lost three guys throughout this whole cycle. Ashton Cozart, Spencer, um, uh, Caleb Spencer, and uh, the guy that we won't mention (laughs) that flipped to Texas. Because the fans don't want to hear his name. But having said that, that's not too shabby, bro. That's not too shabby. All things considered, if you only lose three guys throughout the whole cycle, I mean, Georgia's lost commits. They've lost like two in the last two weeks. Fans, it's happening everywhere. Oklahoma is not exclusive to decommits. But 95%, 90, 95% of the players, they stick in the class they chose Oklahoma for various reasons and they don't look at it like fans. Is that fair to say? Yes. I think that's definitely fair to say. Well, I mean, you get the fans that like freak out over every little detail and anytime Oklahoma loses like, Oh, here we go. Decommit Central is happening. It's happening. And we're like, yeah, no, it's probably not, though. Like, it really probably isn't because these kids know that they're going to have a chance to come in and play instantly. Number one. Number two, when you've been as good as Oklahoma's been, a season like this seems like an aberration, even to recruits. It's like, this isn't going to stick. Like they're going to be good next year or the year after. Like this isn't going to be how it's going to be because it's Oklahoma. And that's something Oklahoma can hold on to. Now, if they're doing this by 2020 in the 2024 season, 
and they're still seven and five, eight and four, you got problems then. It's going to be harder to recruit at that point. But if they go eight and four next year, seven and five in 2023, I don't think you'll, because it, it may look as long it, it may look better than this year's version of seven and five, five and six, or five and seven, or six and six, or whatever Oklahoma ends up with at at this juncture. So, y- you can go back to back years of mediocrity, and it'd be okay on the recruiting trail. It's not going to be great, but you can get away with it because you're Oklahoma, and you have such a large. Uh, portfolio of winning in history. Because Nebraska got away with it for a long time, too, until they didn't. But if they do this for three years in a row, then you are Nebraska at that point, like, or you're becoming Nebraska at that point. And that's not something Oklahoma fans want to hear, but it's the truth. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think they're a lot better next year. You've got experience. You're going to get more transfers in that are going to have experience. They're going to be more picky about that because they're not going to be coming in last second. They're going to have built-in back-channeling. Like we're going to call call it what it is. They're going to have they're going to have built-in back-channeling that they can push towards Oklahoma, right? Like that's that's a fact. Yeah, and. Everybody's back channeling these days. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, like, and you've seen, I, th- I think Steve Wilfong had a tweet about it a few days ago. Carl Reed had a tweet about it just a couple of days ago. Like, that's the new normal in college football. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, there are so many ways to game. Campering's okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not technically tampering, Brandon. If it didn't as, happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if it didn't happen and, you didn't actually, or you, basically, you maintained the proper, um, what's the word? Distance mm-hmm. between yourself and the actual player in which you're interested. Yes. So as long as as long as you know who to reach out to, and as long as you know how to, there's always an uncle. <laughs> that's the best way to. That's what best most concise way you could put it. There's always an uncle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <laughs> the, uh, the, the fact that that is going on, like uh, Oklahoma didn't have a chance to do that last year because they weren't an established staff. Like they were building the staff up while they were trying to figure out who was in the portal and they were just grabbing who they thought were the best guys in the portal that may come in and be able to help them depth wise. This year, they're going to have an elite class coming in just like they did last year. They got a top number eight class in the country and Venables held on to that one. So that, that the fact that Venables held on and actually grew last year's class is why I find it really shocking that Oklahoma fans didn't think he could hold on to this year's class. You know what I mean? Like last year was a way worse scenario. They had like, they went from like 20 something commits to what down to 10 at one point. They had the number 21 class in America. Yeah. 48 hours after 
Riley up in left town. And it was the number nine class in America two months later. There you go. And they ended up number eight, right? If I remember correctly with the transfer. It, so. it was nine. They ended up nine. Okay. With transfers, it might've been eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have faith in BV holding on to the class. I do. I do. Now that doesn't mean I don't, that a, a, a decommit or two may not happen. It's possible. You keep losing that you open the, you crack the door open for anybody to look around at that point. But as long as Jackson Arnold is um, sticking around, and by the way, his dad is one of the nicest guys in the world. I talked to him for a while the other day via DM. Great guy. Um, You hold on to a guy like that, that's going to entice people. He's like a magnet, essentially, right? Like people want to go play for a player with a quarterback like that, that – all he's done is one. Like literally all he's done his whole life is one. And when you have a winner like that leading your class, that 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 leads to other players looking at it. now <clears throat> getting to the list outside of David Hicks. Which is just the and Damian Sanford, which are the two biggest, obviously, guys on campus for obvious reasons. Officially, official visitors wise. What do you think the biggest thing is this weekend for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail? Mm. Outside of winning, I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'd say, are we talking like a specific player? Are we talking like a specific? You can, you can talk about whatever you want. Like, what is your opinion on this list? And what? who does Oklahoma need to make sure they get? And who do you think the big – what do you think the biggest thing is for them to do outside of winning? And it could even be a person or a player that you think is the biggest whatever. Like, it's a broad question, very generalized – but I'm leaving it open for you to take it wherever you want to take it. I think the biggest thing, man, is you got to make your layups, right? On the recruiting trail, you got to make your layups. And it seems like Oklahoma has two guys on campus this weekend that are pretty close to being layups in Taylor Wine and Ashton Sanders. Now, Wisconsin's a play for Ashton Sanders and has been. But with Taylor Wine's uh, – Oklahoma heritage. He's originally from Edmond. Uh, and then just how much love Ashton Sanders has shown to Oklahoma and the staff and the fan base on social media. You get the sense that even though those two guys have never visited campus yet, you can close them out this weekend. You can close out those recruitments if you make a strong enough impression. So again, when you got a layup, you got to go and hit it. And for me, what's important this weekend is that the Sooners do that because we're not going to find out. I mean, I would love it if we did, but we're not going to find out this weekend what the final decision is for DJ Hicks or Damian Sanford or Peyton Bowen, right? So you're going to be waiting on those probably until early signing day. Mm. But in the meantime, you have the opportunity to add two players to this class that are immediate plug-and-play replacements uh, for guys that you've lost 
in this class already. Well, I guess Ashton Sanders isn't, but I, you you lose Colton Vosick. The Sooners t- turned around and offered Taylor Wine. And you see Wine's film. Look, he's not Vosick because Vosick's a freak show, man. But you see a lot of the same qualities in the way that Taylor Wine plays the position and plays football. So, I mean, there's there's, there's a reason why it seems like half the – P5 programs in America have come knocking on that kid's door ever since the midway point of his senior year. So knowing that a kid like that grew up right down the road in Edmond, that's a battle you have to win at this point in time. Those are the types of battles where there shouldn't even be a question, right? You get the kid on campus, you close him out because this is a staff that should be able to do that with guys like that. So Obviously, the most significant aspect of the weekend as it pertains to recruiting is how much of a stride can you make with Sanford especially, but also Hicks and also Bowen. I think second to that would be, and make your layups. Mm -hmm. Close out the easy ones. And those should be easy ones. Yeah. Would you throw Kendall Dolby in that one? As far as the layup, not, not necessarily. Just because I look, I I like where Oklahoma stands with Kendall Dolby, certainly, but I know he just narrowed his list to ten. It doesn't seem like he's in any particular hurry uh, to figure out where the landing spot's going to be. And I know he's got some he's got some other big time offers as well. Uh, Arkansas just jumped in the boat a couple of days ago with an offer. Um, OU is not the only big time school that is looking his way. And he's also originally from the state of Ohio. So he doesn't have that localized pull to OU, uh, even though he does play up in Miami at NAO. So, yeah, I think I think the visit is big as it pertains to being able to add an experienced guy to that secondary and uh, potentially closing out on Dolby before early signing day. But I, I I don't know if I would necessarily quantify that as a layup, at least not yet. I gotcha. <laughs> but so you you get those two layups, that builds a little momentum. You have a you have guys like I mean, there's a lot of five stars on campus, by the way, this weekend. And we'll get into that here in a second. But one of those is um Peyton Bowen. He's back. <laughs> And I obviously, so if people don't know and you're not on OU Insider, I typed up the uh, the list at like 2 a.m. I was doing, typing up some other things and um, I was going through a, a long list of OU commits because there's so many OU commits on campus this weekend. And instead of typing OU offered dash Notre Dame commit, I typed OU commit next to Peyton Bowen's name and yeah, it, there was a little minor internet freak out over that one. Yes, there was. Luckily, caught it about seven a.m. in the morning, and I went over to the Notre Dame site and apologized. I was like, "Dudes, look, two a.m. I looked over everything, skimmed through it. Everything looked good, and I totally missed the fact that I put commit instead of offer next to Peyton Bowen's name. My bad." Um, and then, uh. You know, they locked the thread. Um, Notre Dame expects him to commit or stay committed to them. And that's I, I expect Notre Dame to think that um, after he visited. But 
here's the crazy part is, is when you talk to people at Geyer after he got back from Notre Dame visit, there was a lot of, um, and still is a lot of people that think this thing's trending Oklahoma still. Um, and the NIL collective, and we'll talk about that too real quick. Um, Crimson and cream collective. I don't know. Have they released day three? Have they released the day three, uh, findings just yet? No, I don't think so. Not that I've seen for the numbers. They have not, but as of yesterday in two days of the campaign, they have $413,000 raised. I'm going to assume it's going to be close to 500,000 or 600,000 or so with the matching, um, which is great. That's great. If you can get $600,000 in three days, you're on pace for almost 5 million. If you can get the donor to match up to 2.5. Uh, and this is a big donor, by the way, like, it's a big name donor. And so um it's not it's not a coincidence, Parker, that this is happening and it's ending right before National Signing Day. Not a coincidence whatsoever. And when you have the athletic director, the president, and the uh head football coach publicly supporting it. You got these dudes on campus. You got DJ Hicks, Sanford, and Peyton Bowen on campus. Do you find it a coincidence? Because I do. We're not a coincidence, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say it's it, it, it's the opposite of a coincidence. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. Well, it seems They're very calculated. Doing it on purpose. Like, hey, this money is for you. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I guess at the end of the day, if you're Oklahoma and you already have, you've already thrown out an offer to begin with before he committed to A&M, and now you're going to up the offer with some extra NIL that's been raised by the fan base. Um, what do you think the odds are DJ Hicks sticks with A&M? They're going to beat UMass this weekend, but then they have LSU. I mean, four and eight is staring I, around the face. Ten percent right now. Ten percent odds he sticks with AM. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you think it's an Oregon it's, Oklahoma battle? That's what it feels. Well, like yeah, I don't want to. Like and look, as much as people don't want to hear this, I don't want to discount Texas either. Mm -hmm. I don't because, and I, I, I know Brandon. Trust me, I know. But do you think I don't know because he had a chance to go visit them last week and he didn't do it. You know what Texas has a lot of money. Bingo. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm not 100 percent discounting them. No, that's fair. Like no, that's fair. Yeah, I'm with you. Does it seem like he's going to be a Longhorn? Absolutely not. Not right now. But you know, we saw where this went once. Who's to say it can't go there again? But they just haven't been recruiting him. That's the crazy part. Like he's a, he's about locker room and friendships and who's in there with him. And they they haven't they haven't gone after his best friend. I think that's probably the biggest biggest deal. Have they offered Sanford yet? 
I don't think so. I think they're kind of the one school among yeah. X's legit considerations right now that hasn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the live, I asked you this and if you want to see the list, the full list, and there's probably, I'm trying to think there's one, two, three, I think there's five or six, five stars on campus this week, right? So you have 25, there's 25, you have Hicks, you have Jackson, PJ, you have PJ, you have Jackson Arnold. That's five. And you got the 25, 25 linebacker out of Cali. Noah, Noah McHale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's six. six. Yep. Yeah. Six, five stars. Sure enough. Yeah. Fans kind of a big deal this weekend. You can and see the whole list on OU Insider if you want to go there. It is yeah. ridiculous, by the and way. And you've got Nigel Smith, who is right there on the that close to being yeah, a five. Thirty-eighth and thirty-two is where the cutoff is. So, um, National Signing Day of in this just twenty twenty-three. If you want to go twenty-four, we'll go twenty. Out of twenty-three and twenty-four, come. Okay, we'll do this first. Out of 23 on National Signing Day, how many of the visitors are signing with Oklahoma? That I mean, not counting the commits that are on campus. I mean, that's a given. So, hang on. What's I'm, I'm unclear. What's the question? So, how, of the non-commits, how many are signing with Oklahoma that are taking visits this weekend, unofficially and officially? In twenty twenty three. I, well, I, I saw an over under or am I just throwing a dart? Okay. Over under three and a half. Over. Over. That means he thinks there's some five stars that are signing with Oklahoma. I mean, look, I th- <laughs> I've made my stance clear on one particular five star for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh there's a fan base up in Indiana that's not too thrilled with me about it. And I'm going to believe it when I see it with him just because – And I, look, I, I've talked to people very, very close around him, and they all feel like Oklahoma is the odd, odds on bet. But until he does it, I'm just like – because it's just been like drug, yeah, look, out, I, drug out for four months. No, I and I'm with you. Um, I think just there's there's too much smoke for there not to be fire – I just don't know when the fire comes and I'm going to quit acting like, and I have quit acting like I have any idea when the fire will come. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe here in the next, I know he doesn't want to be going into Thanksgiving and still not know where he's going that I do know. So I think this is kind of a big deal this week for him and his brother. Um, And his girlfriend did sign with Oklahoma soccer team. So Emma signed, and that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, of the twenty twenty four visitors, over under five signing. Uh, see now, I gotta run through my mental list of who's coming and who's not, and I will help you. Okay, with that real quick, as you have- sit there and ponder it. A little bit. 
I can already think it. I can already think of at least a couple that I believe Oklahoma ends up with. So you have David Stone, Dax Hill, Eli, Nigel, Jaden Hardy, Flyers, Flowers, Scott, Wesco, Bricks, Utley, Gage. So far. Oh, and Waffle and um I think that's it so far. But that's still as quite a bit. At, as I look at this list, I would say it's a push for me at five. I would I would put it at five. I'm with you. I think there are five guys on this list that I have right now in my mind who I would say, yeah, those guys are going to be Sooners. Well, here's the thing. Is I think Dax Collins gets an offer at some point, and I think he's a Sooner. I'll just go ahead and name him. I think Jaden Hardy, Eli Bowen, Nigel, that's four, end up as Sooners. Wesco, Wesco, that's five. Gage, that's six. I'll go six. I'll go six. So no David Stone? I said Stone. He was the first one I named. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and and no, I named Colin. Stone, okay. So Stone, Collins, Bowen, Nigel, Hardy. What, seven? I'll go seven. Wow. Seven. I'll go seven. There's Brandon. That doesn't mean it's going to end up like that. I'm just predicting. That's how, as we sit 13 months before National Signing Day for 2024, Oklahoma's in a really good spot with those. And actually, Aaron Flowers is a guy that yeah. Oklahoma feels really good about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Phil uh, uh, Simi are the guys that they really like at safety. So... That side of DFW, man, I'm telling you, Oklahoma's about to put the clamps on it in 24. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about that. Yep. And honestly, I, I think David Stone being back at Dell City or somewhere in Oklahoma to finish out his senior year is there's a decent chance that happens. And if that does happen, I, I'll tell you this. There are schools trying to work on people around David Stone to try to make that not happen. It has nothing. And people are going to instantly think it's Cooper and it's not Sean Cooper. Like Sean Cooper has nothing to do with this. Like get this out of people's heads. Like he is not pushing people to Michigan state. Michigan state is Morgan Pearson's best offer. Yeah. Morgan Pearson and Zadavian Sims are really good friends. They traveled everywhere together. Seven on seven. They train together. They're with each other all the time. But if Zadavian Sims' mom, the, 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 you want to talk about like Todd Bates is her favorite. She said it. Todd Bates is her favorite as far as like who's been recruiting her. So like this isn't like just in, if he does end up committing this weekend in to Michigan State, it's you got 13 months to flip it. 13 months and Oklahoma understands that like they're well aware of the situation that's going on right now. And they're, they also understand that they can't control. And guess what? Who's to say come national the day before national signing day, Oklahoma doesn't offer Morgan Pearson or the week before. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility folks. You got to think about it. They've been recruiting Morgan. So, 
just relax. Relax on the Michigan State stuff. Even with David Stone, there are people that want David outside of the state of Oklahoma. And those people are getting worked on by other coaches to keep David at IMG. Because if they keep him at IMG, it keeps him away from Norman. Because if he comes back to Oklahoma, he'll be in Norman every week. His sister goes to OU. Mm-hmm. He'll be in Norman every week. When he's been back, when he's been back over the summer, he was in Norman almost two or three times a week at the OU facility taking visits. Just chilling with Coach with Coach Bates. Just chilling. He's like, dude, I was there almost every day, felt like. Because that's that's just how, how he is. He loves OU. He loves Coach Bates. So, and, it, and this has made it harder. If he's at IMG, it makes it very much more difficult for Oklahoma to land David Stone. But it doesn't make it impossible. I still would put Oklahoma the odds aren't favorite. But you got to... Like, let this play out. It's 13 months away. Let's see what happens over the summer. Let's see what Stone does when he starts to really, really narrow things down with his recruitment because he's the number three player in the country right now, right? Number four. Number, number four. four. Yep. I don't think that really matters between three and four, but um, yeah. <laughs> He has a chance to be the number one player in the country by the end of the cycle. Like he's that good. Yeah. So, and that that said, I I would be surprised if anybody other than Dylan Raiola is the number one player in the country. But it is going to be a very uh, compelling battle between David Stone and Williams Nwaneri for the moniker of number one overall defensive player. And guess and what? Is going to be in that conversation too. But. Yeah. Guess 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 who probably leads for both of those guys. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, relax. Things are changing in Norman. It may not be in the 2023 season. Become 24, 25, or excuse me, the 2022 season. Become 23, 24, 25. Things are going to be completely different. The roster is going to look. When you look at the players on the field, it's going to look completely different than what they look like now. Like they're going to look like the dudes that you see in the SEC. And that is the goal. Matter of fact, I was talking to a source last night and they said it's Gentry Williams is six foot six one, right? And they said he will be considered short and small in the DB room over the next few years. Wrap your head around it because that dude has arms that hangs down to his ankles. Think about that. Think about the difference in the old days where it was. If you had a 510 DB, it was a good deal at Oklahoma because that means they weren't super, super, super short. Now a six foot six one dude is looking to be a short DB in the in the cornerback safety room. Times are changing. They're changing. So, all right, Parker. That's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners podcast. Uh, If you're not on this YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you aren't subscribed to us on iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify, whatever you get your Stitcher, whatever you get your 
podcast on with make sure you subscribe hit the like give us five stars um we're gonna have a lot more podcast stuff coming as the season rolls on as it gets closer to national signing day we're even gonna have some interviews with some of the top uh players and commits in the 23 23 classes we get close to national signing day and uh i think we're gonna get i'm gonna try to get the uh belser the leader of the collective on with us as well so we can get some questions answered and get it out to the people as well uh so we have a lot coming for you guys on ou insider podcasts and lives and stuff like that if you are a subscriber to ou insider vip one dollar for the first month 9.95 afterwards literally you can get one dollar get you all the way through national signing day right now i think it's a heck of a deal just saying so uh give us a shot give us a try if you want to see you want to be on top of everything come national signing day all the recruiting information because there's a lot of five stars that oklahoma could that they're in on closing this thing out so it's going to be interesting as they close out this class in 2023 on top of that it's 30 percent off if you want to do a whole year which means it's only 75 dollars gets you a whole year and it gets you every 24 7 vip site alabama oklahoma texas texas a&m georgia ohio state you name it usc you get access to that so you can see the targets that oklahoma's in on the teams are going up against you can go look and see what they're saying about them on those sites as well so it's a great deal we'd love to have you guys on there can't wait uh plus if you hold off a little bit uh black friday is coming up starting on the 22nd and i think you guys may enjoy uh the access that is coming up so just pay attention keep your eyes peeled on promos so uh hope to see you guys on ou insider vip we're growing 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 uh and we can't thank you guys enough oklahoma fans for being on there with us all right for parker thune my name's brandon drum thank you all so much for watching this edition of and listening to this edition of the ou insider under the visor soonest podcast you guys have a blessed day